Welcome to the Risk and Repeat podcast, episode number 183. I'm Rob Wright, Security News Director at Tech Target, and I am here with security news writer Alex Kalafi. Alex, welcome. Thanks, Rob. How are you doing? You know, I remember when we recorded the last episode of this podcast in the office. And yes. we were like, we're back. It feels good. Maybe yep. we'll do more of these. We'll see. <laughs> and pretty much <laughs> right after that happened, we learned about uh, Bad Boy Omicron. And yeah. um, we're pretty much right back where we started for probably another few weeks. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, I I enjoyed being back in the office and podcasting in our little Chernobyl setup. Oh, yeah. Um, that was... Uh, in November, yeah, as you said, pre Omicron, um, it's been a while. Uh, we are recording this on the twenty seventh of January, two thousand twenty two. It is a Thursday. We have a few different things to discuss here that all kind of tie into one uh, overarching topic, and that topic is cryptocurrency. We are sort of. Um, Accidentally, but slightly on purpose, we seemingly have been uh, focused on it's all cryptocurrency all the time at uh, at search security lately for a variety of reasons. I, I'm obviously exaggerating. It's not all cryptocurrency related content, but yeah. there has been quite a bit. Uh, and I guess we should start with what you've been writing about, Alex, because it's been pretty interesting to see uh how um a, a one particular cryptocurrency has sort of uh its profile has increased for a variety of reasons lately mm-hmm. and what would that cryptocurrency be alex it would be monero one of yes. the nicest names in cryptocurrency i'd say it, it really is a beautiful name <laughs> it's like money but fancy uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so back in, I think, November, uh, I got the idea to start re- doing some reporting, talking to some folks about cryptocurrency on the dark web. Mm-hmm. I thought that was one angle um, that would be worth pursuing. And as I talked to people, the crypto that ended up in the back of my head was Monero, because I think it's so interesting that there's this other cryptocurrency that isn't remotely in the same league not that it's not in the same league popularity wise but i mean nothing's in the same league as bitcoin other than maybe ethereum and there Mm -hmm. was this other smaller cryptocurrency valued at like two hundred dollars that behind bitcoin is the most common cryptocurrency on the dark web so i'm like that's really weird there's this other cryptocurrency i've only heard of in this context being used for buying drugs and um Maybe we had heard a little bit of ransomware, but mostly just buying drugs on the dark web was the only context. So then I'm like, this is really interesting. Then I go to Monero, find out there's an official website with a really clean user interface. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what's going on here? Uh, Reach out to them, start talking to them, start talking to some other sort of dark web crime experts about 
uh, Monero and where it's evolved, learned more about the ransomware angle. Um, and, and the reason it only started coming out this week is because we had Log4j to contend with all yeah, of December. Had, yeah, shouldn't say it's been all crypto uh, content lately. Yeah, it's been a lot of Log4, Log4Shell, Log4j vulnerabilities, yep. Yeah, but the, the but what was interesting was that um, one of the fun things about this job is when you go out trying to figure out one thing, sometimes the output is just something you, you never even expected. And that's kind of what happened with these articles. Yeah. It, it, so you and I, and, and obviously our, our, our other colleagues on the uh, security team here at Tech Target News, like we, we've covered many a ransomware attack. Uh, we know that a lot of times now you will see ransomware attacks where they will say um, it'll be X amount in uh, Bitcoin or X amount in Monero. Um, and one of the things that you had sort of dug into was, you know, the idea of like privacy coin, you know, mm -hmm. like maybe there are, are cryptocurrencies out there that uh, are easier for um, bad actors to use and to avoid uh, avoid law enforcement, avoid scrutiny from regulators. And, you know, we've seen now a number of different cases where um, hackers, nation state threat actors, cyber criminals, ransomware gangs, they're using um, different crypto platforms, uh, uh, crypto mixers, as they're called, to sort of wash currency and launder their illicit proceeds from a cyber attack or a ransomware attack. Um, but yeah, there's been this movement toward, you know, the privacy coin. So what, what how, how would you explain a privacy coin to a, somebody like me who might not know, uh, what it, what it is? Well, I, now I know what it is having read your story, but, uh, well, the two word explanation of what is a privacy coin is not Bitcoin, right? <laughs> This was this was something I came up against as a real cryptocurrency noob when I was doing my first dark web story at the beginning of 2021 right. was I was learning about Bitcoin and Eileen Ormsby, I believe it was a yep. sort of dark web researcher told me that like people think Bitcoin is private and anonymous and it absolutely is not. Mm. And in fact, it was created uh, with transparency in mind. Like it's, just because something's uh, decentralized to a large extent and just because there are certain anonymous private aspects to a currency doesn't make it private. For example, sure. um, law enforcement can, can very easily trace Bitcoin back now, especially through even through a lot of the money laundering techniques um, in situations where they absolutely have to. Now, Monero, which first came out in 2014, I don't think it was the very first privacy coin, but it was one of the first, was created to become more private, where you couldn't uh, see the provenance of a transaction. You couldn't see where different transactions went. You couldn't see how much a wallet was holding. Um, and as the technology evolved over time, um, right now, my understanding is that it has a really solid security foundation uh of all these different 
all this different suite of technologies that makes transactions actually private and actually hard to track, uh, which is which has resulted in a complicated state of affairs, which is sort of the whole point of my story. But the very short answer is that uh, it has additional technologies in its cryptocurrency that obscures transactions, where they're coming from, where they're going, and what the right. recent history is. And the hackers like this so much, like a ransomware gang will basically say, if you pay us in Monero as opposed to Bitcoin, we'll give you a discount or we'll, we'll penalize you more. We'll, we'll be, there'll be a 10%, 20%, whatever um, increase if you pay us in, in Bitcoin versus Monero. Yep. Um, Darkside and Revil were two examples of yeah. games that uh, did that. So well, I, I think Revil only only took Monero at a certain point. Yes, I think that's I think that's right. Mm -hmm. uh, although it's hard to tell now because we're not sure what the status <laughs> is with Revil. It's a hotly debated topic. Um, what is Revil? <laughs> <laughs> or are evil, Alex? Don't you know we shouldn't be calling it Revil? Um, yeah. No, never. Uh, <laughs> always call it Revil. Uh, so what what is the status then with Monero? I know that there was, there's a lot of scrutiny from law enforcement lately of different cryptocurrency exchanges. Um, there were sanctions against one in particular recently that the um, Treasury Department felt like was um, or believed or had obtained evidence that they were uh, uh, basically facilitating threat actors. Um, so where does where does Monero play into that? What's sort of the the the, the picture for them? Mm -hmm. Monero is as as I think I said, not the only privacy coin. There's a right. bunch that have different types of technologies at, at varying security levels. Monero is the biggest one and has um and is like the most recognizable brand name. Um. If you go to its website and if you look at some of the communities like Reddit and et cetera, there's a very big privacy focus to it um, where it's advocating for privacy, at, at least in its branding and mm -hmm. from the, the, the folks I've talked to who are more intimately involved with this than I am. But there's the other case. Uh, there's the other side of things where because of this technology, it's become... Uh, pretty commonplace on dark web markets. It's accepted on pretty much all the major ones um, that are still around. The consequence of this is that folks have started paying uh, attention to privacy coins, often naming Monero at differing levels. Uh, different countries uh, like Japan, Australia have uh, been particularly severe on the regulatory end, especially Japan, uh, mm -hmm. But the United States, there has been some pressure, but not at the same level. So you have situations where FinCEN, uh, the U.S. Treasury Federal Crimes Enforcement Agency, mm. they reference it a lot when they're talking about cybercrime um, yes. because of the privacy technology. Uh, and then um, some major cryptocurrency exchanges don't take it. Granted, 
uh, Coinbase did not tell me why they didn't take it. Although there was another article I was reading on a different publication that did go into that, though obviously that's like a tertiary source and so not get not going to get into it too much. Mm, sure. But um, the there has been some consequences in who will carry it, but there's been no legal consequences right. as far as I know. Yeah, I mean, we just we've talked about this offline, but Europol put out a kind of curious uh, reports today on yeah. um, uh, cryptocurrencies tracing the evolution of criminal finances is the title of it. And the, one of the things they do in that report, which is just sort of really a layman sort of like this is this is what the, the bad guys are doing with cryptocurrency. This is how they do it. And this is why it's bad. Uh they they call out Monero and and specifically as sort of the the coin or at least the privacy coin of choice for um, for cyber criminals and uh, yeah it's worth noting it seems like the the heat's being turned up uh, there um, at least by law enforcement so yeah yeah and it's and just by comparison like Bitcoin still you know, the, the, the big dog, um, by far, it seems like, but yeah. Monero, um, it, it at least is on the radar, I guess. Yes. Uh, it is obviously Bitcoin is at 38,000 or whatever at the moment mm -hmm. while Monero's at 144, which granted reflects the, the recent crash in cryptocurrency. I, I think if you go back a, a few months, um, it was basically almost twice that for both coins, if yeah. I remember right. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to dark web stuff, Monero is right behind Bitcoin. Like there's almost no comparison. Like you'll see right. donations of Litecoin and Ethereum or whatever around the internet. But uh, this, the if Bitcoin's the gold dog, Monero's the silver one. And it seems like that's really become commonplace in the underbelly of of the internet and in monero is still prominent like there's a, there's like over a thousand vendors according to uh the directories monero sure. list that take it often for stuff like vpns but there's a bunch of other random stuff too yep. uh so it, it is i would call it a popular cryptocurrency but not one of the giant ones uh financially on the regular internet and yep. then on the dark web, it is the second, the secondary cryptocurrency. Yeah. And this is, this is, I mean, your deep dive into Monero uh, this week, I think is useful because if you're an organization, like this is the thing I wonder about. If you're an organization, you get hit with a ransomware and you are, you know, for whatever reason, um, yeah, forced to at least consider uh, paying in this cryptocurrency as opposed to Bitcoin. I wonder like how feasible that is. Like, um, I don't know that most organizations are familiar with it. I mean, I'm sure probably cyber insurers, like uh, cyber insurance carriers or whoever know it. Um, incident response guys, I'm, I'm sure a, a lot of the big cybersecurity uh, vendors and service providers out there probably um, are, are very familiar with it, but you know, like how do you, it's not as easy to sort of procure to like do a, um, 
you know, in exchange for, you know, to, to actually obtain the coins and, and make a transaction. Um, like you said, uh, there are some platforms in the U.S. that don't, um, you know, for U.S.-based users, they like they can't use it. it. It's not offered. It's not supported. So I wonder what that's going to do for organizations that find themselves on the wrong end of a ransomware attack. Um, yeah. How many hoops are they going to have to jump through to make a payment um, and save 20% or, or maybe it's like a reveal where they say, we only want Monero and if you can't pay us, well, you're, you're screwed, so to speak. It, it's uh it's, it's a very strange situation. I mean, all of cyber insurance and <laughs> ransomware response yeah. and all of that is just uh, a wild, wild uh, territory at the moment. And seems like it always has been. I'm new to the beat, but it seems like it always has yeah. been the case. Yeah. But my, my, my understanding is that uh, in cases like ransomware attacks, especially when it's a big ransom a company, we'll have a third party, which could be in part the ransomware insurance, et cetera, sure. who uh, has their own chest of cryptocurrency, which is used to pay the ransom. Yeah. Uh, but there are other weird situations where for the ransomware story, um, Catherine Lyle of Coalition told me that uh, they don't actually pay they won't pay the ransom in situations where the actors will only accept yeah. privacy coins like monero yeah. so sure it's, it's just messy mm -hmm. yeah i'm sure it's discouraged by law enforcement and if you're an organization and you have any hope of being like one of the lucky entities out there like a colonial pipeline where you can you know hopefully the, the fbi or whoever can seize or recapture part of that ransomware payment or the whole ransomware payment. That was something that was teased at a recent government hearing, you know, officials were saying, you know, yeah, we, we may have done this uh, a few other times too, but we haven't, you know, disclosed that yet. Um, yeah. You won't be able to do that if it's Monero, at least we don't know that yet. I mean, I know you've talked with some folks on the, um, crypto analysis uh, uh, research side who track Bitcoin, track uh, crypto transactions. And they, they're very sort of cagey, it sounds like, about what their capabilities are when it comes to Monero and, and sort of triangulating where a, a transaction uh, goes or where funds go. And so, yes, it's interesting. Very interesting. Very. Mm -hmm. uh, we should turn to on the subject of crypto, Alex. Yes. Uh, you know, we mentioned exchanges been mm -hmm. a lot of crypto uh platforms cryptocurrency exchanges that have been uh hit with attacks uh over the last year especially recently and i, I want to get into some of the examples in a minute but i guess why do you think this is happening all of a sudden i mean not all of a sudden we we've seen you know, a number of these exchanges get hit. We've seen a couple, I think, go under completely because of the thefts. Um, but it seems to be happening more lately. I wonder if this is just sort of a um, an issue where there's a lot of money, an increasingly large amount of money tied up in these um, platforms and the hot wallets because mm -hmm. of the rising value in a lot of these cryptocurrencies. I also wonder whether it has something to do with um, 
uh, you know, I've speculated like, you know, maybe the threat actors are going after certain cryptocurrencies that don't want to play ball with them, that um, don't allow them to uh, uh, make transactions or store their uh, their funds or move their illicit funds through. Um, I don't know. It, it it's definitely increased. Yes. Uh, obviously, everything we're saying right now now is just spitballing and and yes. speculation. Two immediate thoughts are one: even though cryptocurrency is is older uh, than a few years, the crypto industry being huge is just a few years old. Yeah. So you have a lot of exchanges and whatnot that um didn't become big companies until the last three, four, five, six years. Right. Uh, which means if a company's young, chances are, even with the best of intentions, the security, there's there's bound to be a couple more gaps. Uh, maybe. I mean, who knows? But that's that's one immediate thought. And then the second thing is, as cryptocurrency has become slightly more mature, the threat actors have likely also become more mature. And cryptocurrency is the currency they work with. Yeah. So it's just it it seems like there's that could be two of the immediate factors. Oh, what what's on your mind about this? Um I you know like I said uh obviously not the first time um that some of these uh, uh cryptocurrency exchanges have been hit, have been hit um just in general I mean not specific entities. Uh and I know you know there was a there was a few years ago there were reports about how you know specifically i think it was north korean nation state actors how they would target um not just uh south korean uh cryptocurrency ent- uh, entities but just sort of you know any anyone that seemed vulnerable and they would basically they'd be like robbing a bank they'd go in and they'd steal the funds and they would use those funds to you know uh it, invest in their operation and basically fund their operation, fund their hackers, pay their hackers. Uh, I don't know what's going on now, but I, I, you know, I have to think that, especially for some of these organizations like a crypto.com, which we're going to turn to in a minute. Um, this is a big company now. Uh, they have huge brand awareness. They just bought the naming rights for, they renamed the Staples Center where the Lakers and the Clippers play in LA to the crypto.com, whatever arena. Um, they have those huge ads with Matt Damon in them. Their profile is exponentially increased. You would think that they would have, you know, a um, little bit uh, stronger security posture than maybe some of the smaller cryptocurrency platforms out there mm-hmm. that have been hit. You know, we, we've seen, we've seen a couple in particular, I think it was uh, BTC alpha had lost, um, I think over a hundred million or reportedly a hundred million. And then Badger DAO had been hit. Same thing. I think that it might've been closer to 200 million in one of those cases. Um, that's a lot of money, but those are smaller organizations. They're more, um, uh, you know, uh, I don't know how they compare in actual size to a crypto.com, but seemingly smaller. Um, but you know, it, it seems like it's open season. I'm, I'm wondering like if it's just, you know, there's just so many of them now that the threat actors don't have to be, um, they don't have to, to defer to these platforms. 
there's so many mm-hmm. of them that can pick and choose where to like move their money or store their money. Uh, and the ones that they don't uh, have money tied up in or won't cooperate with them, uh, they're just going after sort of with impunity. And like I said, open season. Um, so maybe that's the case. I, I don't know. Um, it just seems, yeah. so, it just seems so strange. And like a lot of the, the situations, like we, we don't have a lot of details about how these attacks happened or, um, like in the case of BTC alpha, our colleague, Ariel Waldman wrote a really good story about that. And, you know, the, the CEO of the organization, uh, basically said, we, we think we were hit by a rival exchange. Like, whoa, you know, like why? Yeah. And like, oh, well, they didn't get the funds, but they tried to hit us, you know, with with ransomware and so on and so forth. But you still don't have a lot of detail about like, okay, well, how did they get in? And like, were they able to access wallets? And what protections do you have for customer funds? Now, turning to crypto.com, this one really upset me because, uh, and you've heard me vent about this. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to vamp here a little, uh, Alex, because, because <laughs> This one really upset me. Your time um, to shine. Yeah. So listen, um, like I said, crypto.com, big company now, big brand name all over the place. Um, they had an attack. Uh, they referred to it as an incident. They were they were really downplaying it. And the CEO uh, basically said, I think the day after there was company confirmation, that um, no, you know, quote, no customer funds were lost. And, you know, they put out or crypto.com put out a report and they, they you know, um, put, put out updates on, uh, you know, their Twitter account saying, you know, hey, small number of users, unauthorized activity uh, on those accounts. But don't worry, you know, I'm paraphrasing, all funds are safe. Um, mm-hmm. And in an abundance of caution, we're going to do all these other things, uh, to protect accounts, like, you know, we're going to reset 2FA um, and, and, you know, great, great. But then PeckShield, one of the, you know, uh, cryptocurrency blockchain analytics firms out there that sort of tracks sort of the, the, a lot of the illicit activity and thefts and whatnot, um, said on, on the same day of the CEO statement, said, we're tracking at least 15 million in one cryptocurrency that's been moved from the platform that's been stolen. Um, you know, we, we hit up again, our, our, our colleague, Ariel hit up crypto and said, you know, can you comment on this Peck shield report? Didn't, didn't you just referred us to the, the existing statements, didn't want to comment on it. And then sure. a couple of days later, oh, lo and behold, they put out a full blog post saying, uh, well, you know, actually, uh, yes. Um, 30 million was, was lost, uh, or 35 million. I think it was, um, uh, like 4,836 in Ethereum and what was it, another 443 or 444 in Bitcoin. So about 19 million in Bitcoin, 15 million. And I, so I, this really bugged me, as you know, like, don't say that no customer experienced a loss of funds when they literally like the attackers went in there, took these coins out and, and I mean, stole them left. You, you may have reimbursed them, but don't give me this, you know, no customer funds were lost. That's just so dishonest and so misleading 
And if I was a customer there, I'd have, okay, great, you're going to reimburse me. But I'd have serious concerns about what they're doing to protect accounts, protect funds, keep people from, um, you know, illicit actors from obtaining my funds and getting into my accounts. Uh, I just thought that was so, I mean, so misleading. I mean, it's a lie. It's a lie is what it is. And, you know, this is one of the biggest crypto platforms out there now. And to see them do that in the face of an attack that they really, like, really downplayed hard, I just, I thought it was just such a terrible look, um, especially when so many attacks like this are happening. I agree. I, I think uh, a lot of what you're saying goes back to some very large issues in how breaches are handled and how yeah. breaches can be handled. And yep. uh, there was the article we were passing around yesterday from Lawfare about yes. uh, confidentiality following cyber incidents. And granted, it's about like some other stuff, but one of the cores of, of the article, which is excellent, it's called do the legal rules of governing the confidentiality of cyber incident response undermine cybersecurity? And it's about like breach coach lawyers and, and a bunch of other stuff is that um, when you're a victim of a data breach or if a company's a victim of a data breach, there will often be decisions made that are to the detriment of uh, everything from a cybersecurity side and potentially a user side as well or customer side. Mm. So. Yeah, I, I I just think, listen, I, I'm always going to have an issue with how organizations in whatever industry look to minimize, downplay, obfuscate, um, CYA their way out of a breach. I just think it's important, especially when you are trying to be, um, you know, the, the biggest and most well-known in your market, in your industry, like, just be honest, just be honest and straightforward. Don't try to like uh, skip around something like this. This is a serious issue. Use it as an opportunity. I mean, I mean, they, they, they did say in the blog post, like, we're going to, we've got these new account protections we're going to introduce and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, okay, great, great. Um, Great. I, I, I look forward to when you're going to introduce your worldwide account protection program, a.k.a. WAP. Um, but like, just just be honest, like be upfront. Don't try to mm -hmm. like hide it. And, 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 you know, I it just really drove me up the wall, especially when, you know, not that I care like one way or the other about the legitimacy of cryptocurrency and cryptocurrency exchanges as like a, as like a true alternative to um you know our our conventional cash and credit uh, uh, uh system of, of of purchasing in this country and other countries I, I don't really care i don't really care if crypto if they take a, a huge hit and the, you know the it's delegitimizes or or hurts the image of the of the burgeoning cryptocurrency exchange industry. I, it doesn't matter to me. I just think mm -hmm. it's it's just, especially when there's this many attacks going on, it just, it infuriates me. It, inf it absolutely infuriates me. And if I was a user of one of these platforms and I didn't get sort of full transparency, I would have sort of 
questions about like, okay, what am I doing here? What am I doing here with my money? At least like if a bank gets robbed or if a bank gets hit with a cyber attack and funds are lifted, I know there's going to like, there, there are regulatory uh, uh, measures in place. They're going to prevent them from hiding it, downplaying it, and there'll be penalties if they do. And my money is going to be backed up by the FDIC. It's going to be insured. Um, in this case, like, I think you're kind of like flying blind. And if they want to reassure people, they've got to be, they've got to be upfront. They can't just be like, well, no funds were lost. I mean, literally funds were lost. <laughs> like, it just drives me crazy. Literally 35 million was stolen from these customer accounts, like 400 something accounts. Like you said, you just said the other day that they weren't. And you said in this, this post, you know, that they, they still weren't you know, weren't affected. Like, no, they, they were, you did experience a loss of funds. You had to reimburse them. Oh God. You yeah. Can tell. I'm infuriated. <laughs> Cryptocurrency is not, is not USD. And, and no. um, as, as we, as we wrap this up, can I tell a very short story yes, about go. the reporting process? Okay. Yes. So I am, I am not a cryptocurrency guy. I, I was curious for reporting purposes, but I'm not a cryptocurrency guy. My cousin has a lot invested into it. My brother mines. I don't really care one way or another. Um, but in order to just get the smallest idea of what, of just sort of integrating myself with cryptocurrency a little bit, I went on Coinbase mm. and I spent $100 of my own money, uh, 50 on Bitcoin and 50 on Ethereum, just to learn a tiny bit more about the process of how the markets work etc etc um that unfortunately was in november right before the crash started and my portfolio is now worth 50 dollars and 31 cents so that took that is my lesson for um how uh cryptocurrency exchanges are not the same as banks because yeah. even without something happening your wallet can cut in half at a moment's notice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's on top of everything that we were, we were talking about, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, there's some risk there. And obviously there's been a recent, I don't want to say crash. I mean, people have been using the term crash, but it's definitely been a steep decline. I don't know if I'd call it a crash in like crypto currency, but at least in Bitcoin, I know, I know Bitcoin dropped quite a bit, but Monero cut in half too. Uh, crash. Yeah. Monero. That's a cra Like if it's half, I, kind of get that but bitcoin i'm not sure i qualify that as a, a crash yeah. although i haven't looked at it in the last day maybe it has crazy know. times huh anyway yeah crazy times alex um thank you uh for joining me on this uh on this podcast to you discuss monero privacy coins and all the the crazy goings on uh in this uh very interesting space it's of uh, it's been enlightening <laughs> glad and thank you to the readers and listeners of search security i'm rob wright and we will see you next time